Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Tackle the Text. It seems like only yesterday we started. The pandemic is getting behind us, and we're looking forward to getting in person. But until then, we thank you so much for being with us online. And for those of you who have come uh, to our in-person services over Easter and Mother's Day, we thank you so much. Our next in-person service will be this coming Father's Day at 10 a.m., and you don't want to miss that. Uh, then I have another special announcement about our service in July, and I promise you, I promise you, it'll be the announcement of a lifetime. For that, I want to introduce uh, the, the three horsemen who've been riding this thing with me, all <laughs> pandemic, and um, we've got Pastor Torrance, we've got Pastor Raymond, Pastor Hammond, how you guys doing? Doing good. good. All right, this is like the all-star team. You guys are always here, always ready to go. And I'm ready to go. Now, let me tell you, we did something different this time. So they picked the text. It is not a text that I just finished preaching, so I have no prior knowledge. And I literally just found out what we were going to talk about three minutes before we started talking to you. So they have home court advantage. They, they already know what it is. No. They already have a little bit no. uh, of the oil on this text. And I'm just going to come in last place. Uh, get this baton as y'all blow everything out of the water. I try to cross the finish line. We're all in we the play-in for the playoffs. Man, yeah. <laughs> nah, you know, so, it's always easy to hand off to Usain. No, sir. Usain Bolt. So we, we're, what, what are we in? What are we in? Job, Job 42, 42 yeah. verse, 10. verse 10. All right, let's read it. I got, I've got it in the King James Version of the Bible. It says, And the Lord turned the captivity, captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. This is like the end of the saga. Uh -huh. This is the end of the drama. Um, and I think that in order for a good movie uh, to uh, be unfolded, sometimes, if you've ever seen this, it's a plot twist. They start with the end of the movie, mm -hmm. and then they spend the rest of the movie rewinding about how you ended up yeah. to that place. And I yeah. think that's a great plot twist. And I kind of want to do that with you guys. And Pastor Hammond, I'll start with you. So you and I've talked about this subject matter of Job before, and we've all discussed of how we fit into this and, and what character we are in the text, because there's so many people in this text. You don't always have to be Job, right? Mm -hmm. You could be his friends. You could be his wife. You could be any one of the characters um, uh, in this. But, but I'm starting off with you, Pastor Hammond. You look at Job 42, and we end up at verse 10. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you see this text? The first thing that comes to mind is the fact that despite everything that happened to Job, he still had a spirit that he prayed for his friends. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to ask the question, why did he pray for his friends? The answer is simply because um, the Lord's anger was kindled against them. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you go further with that, why was God angry with his friends? It's simply because... Um, they were talking about God to Job, about what God had did to him, instead of talking to him. Hmm. Um, and I think we as believers need to get to that point that Job understood the plot of the importance of talking to God instead of talking about God. Yeah. A lot of us, we, we, we talk uh, about God, but not talking to him. Hmm. And so with that, Job understood that if he could... Uh, intercede for them, mm. uh, that was a currency that could change their lives. Hammond, you say that. Now, I look at you, Raymond, and I'm thinking um, when he said intercede, the first thing that I thought about was prayer in this text. Um, it's a Greek word, um, palau. It means to mediate. 
So when, when Job started praying for his friends, he literally put himself in between their consequences and God's judgment. Yes, yes. Because of what they had said and what they had done along the journey. Job survived it. He came through it. He could have took the easy road, but Pastor Raymond, he got in between what God had coming and who he loved. And I want you to talk about um, what comes to mind when you see this text along the lines of what you're thinking, but also as it relates to mediation. There are a couple of things that come to my mind, Pastor. The, the first thing that comes to my mind is the fact that it took the devil or Job for the two plus chapters or 40 chapters yeah, 40. To, actually, to actually destroy Job's life. Uh, we, we hear about the misery, we hear about the pain. Hmm. But when God begins to restore Job, he just takes one verse. And <laughs> that, to me, is powerful. Because I don't know who is going through a night season, but the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So someone is living through their 39th chapter, and someone is living through their 30th chapter. But what they don't know is that it just takes God one verse. I always like to say that it, it took God six days to create the world. Your life is not a project. Wow. Wow. Pastor, Pastor Torrance. Man, I, you know, well, following that after Rima, you just got to be, you got to come up with something to follow after Rima. <laughs> but no, the, 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 when I think about this text, I think about uh, trouble that I didn't ask for. Wow. Like, Job did not ask for this. And yet and still, it came to his doorstep. You know, this, this actually brings up a subject uh, in a theological arena uh, called retribution theology, mm. Come on. retribution theology, meaning that all those who are suffering, retribu re retribution theology says that you are, they, the reason you're suffering is because you sinned. Mm. But, but Job, we saw in the scripture yeah. that he had no sin, he was yeah. that he was upright before yeah. God, and yet he still suffered. So then that lets me know that God will allow things to come to your household, even though trouble, even though your sin is not present. Mm. So if every time I have trouble in my life, I know. It ain't because I sin. It ain't because I sin. Right? Wow. You know, all suffering is a result of sin, but not all personal suffering yes, is sir. a result of sin. So, now, so, before you go forward, because yeah. what, what you're getting at, and ladies and gentlemen, what he's getting at uh, is practical theology that I just want yes, you sir. to take a moment here because when we uh, have fallacies, that is sins, S-I-N-S, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you just made a demarcation yes, between the sins of man mm -hmm. and the original mm -hmm. sin. sin. So, yes, so dig into that theological conundrum so people can understand, uh, and I can't say it how you said it, but you said all suffering isn't a, isn't a result of my personal sins, yeah. but all suffering all is a suffering result is, of sin. Is a, is a result of sin. Explain that. So there was an, an original sin that took place yes, that caused suffering to be, okay, widespread. Yes, so we, we see things in the world because of sin. But my personal suffering doesn't always mean I sinned. When, when, when I'm going through something, I'm going through it because God is trying to get something out of me. There is an, a, a, a growth that needs to take place. There is an opportunity for God to change my mindset. But the sin that we see in the world was, 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 was a result of the sin in the garden. Yes. So then it takes it nationwide, worldwide, global. But my personal suffering, Pastor Hammond, is not because I sin. 
Sometimes I got to go through some stuff because my mind not right. Oh, I got to go through some stuff because I'm not in the right posture. I got to go through some stuff because God needs to push some worship through me. I got to go through some things because God has taken me to another level. That next level requires me to go through some trial. So the Bible says in James, it says that we, as we suffer, that we should let patience have have its its perfect perfect work. work. The, The suffering of Job. was a patient exercise so that everything in his life could decide if it was going to leave a state. It was allowing everything to work out. We didn't find out who his wife was until he suffered. We didn't find (laughs) out who his friends were until he suffered. So sometimes suffering is a God's project. So you can see who's with you and who's against Against you. And you might not want to be in pain in that process. But let me tell you, and and I've got a message that I'm working on right now called crosswinds. Because there's always two wins. There's always two wins. There's there's always two wins. And I don't want to get too far in it. But when I saw it, I saw it and there was something that leaped out at me. As soon as I opened the text and y'all told me, the Bible says, here it is, the Bible says, and God turned it. I turned almost, it. I almost, I almost ran yeah, yeah, off yeah, the stage when yeah. I started reading it because the word turned in the Hebrew <laughs> means to be circumcised. Ooh. Now, don't Reverend, miss, talk about it. don't okay. miss the importance Put of the that. Mics down. Because one of the reasons that a male is circumcised in the Old Testament was because it was tradition. It was, see, that was how they referred to the Philistines, you uncircumcised Philistine. It was because it was a Jewish cultural precept and a custom to do it. But we don't do it as Americans as a custom. We do it as a reflection of hygiene because the foreskin of the man genitalia holds bacteria. So what God does when he turns the situation is he cuts back. Come on, y'all. He cuts away the thing. That, that can house the disease, yes, that sir. can house the sickness, that can house the depression. Yes, so what sir. he says, when he turned it, Job, Job says, I just, God says, Job, I just cleansed the situation. <laughs> I cleansed it. I did. I, it's painful. You're going you're to be sore. You're going to hurt. You're going to bleed. But once I cut away this excess, yeah. you won't have to worry about disease in that area. And I'm telling you right now, what Talk you think is a cut is a purification. <laughs> God is cutting things back that is trying to hurt Talk. you harm you and that you would not prosper and be in good health. So so God turned it. Go ahead, Pastor Raymond. So so we can infer that your losses reveal your resources. (laughs) What you lost reveals what is left. Pastor, do you know while you are saying that because I've read the book of Job a couple of times, it dawned on me that the devil destroyed everything but his house. I asked God why? He said, this is about restoration. Mm, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Restore. Store. So it seems like God says, when you are going through adversity, don't reduce your capacity. Let me put it this way. Don't downsize because you're going down. Because God will need capacity when he's about to restore you. Listen, when God restored Job, he didn't need to build another house. Because he had capacity through what he was going through. And a lot of people downsize when they are going through a situation without understanding. If you downsize, how is God going to restore you? 
because you need storage for what God is about to do in the next season of your life. You might have lost everything, but you, you've not lost what you need for the next season of your life. If you lost it, you didn't, you didn't need it for the next season of your life. But if you didn't lose it, then it's necessary for the next season of your life. And the problem with most of us is we need a storm to come yes, to sir. prompt us to get rid of yes, what, sir. to take away from us what we should have already gotten rid of. Yes, when I pulled up today on the, on the parking lot of the church, we have a, a bin where we, where we donate mm-hmm. and, and we give away about 100,000 pounds worth of clothes every year. That's how much, yeah. how yeah. many items are donating. And so I'm picking it up and I recognize I put every bag in there and it's heavy. Now I can pick them up individually, but I had to make several trips because there was no way I could pick up all of my old stuff at the same time. You never realize how many people are so bogged down because they're trying to carry history and destiny. They're trying to carry anger and frustration. They're trying to carry their children and their job and their husband. Some of the stuff you got to lay aside every weight that so easily doth beset us. And the reason why Job was able to come out of this thing is he did not let trauma bog him down. He did not let losing his money bog him down. He didn't let what his wife said bog him down. He didn't let, he just realized, I can't carry you. I can't carry it. I can't carry it. So I'm going to let all of that down. And then he says one of the most beautiful things in the entirety of the scripture. And this is the words of Job. Though he slay me, yet Yet. will I what? Trust. Trust. So you mean to tell me. Now, here's a trust. Now, there is trust. There is trust. There was this overexertion of belief. But but, uh, there is also a different definition of trust. Mm -hmm. Trust, Mm -hmm. uh, in the economic sense, is something that is set up for later. later. Yet will I trust in God. Yet will I set up a trust. In God. So that means now a trust allows me at the proper time to make withdrawals where I have made no deposits. Revan, Revan. I got a trust set up for my daughter right now. And one day she'll be able to draw out of it, but she hasn't put anything into it. And I'm wondering when Job said, yet I will set up trust for God. He's saying, God, out of all of the things that you've done for me, there are also some things you did not do for me. You did not keep my children alive. You did not keep me from losing my cattle. You did not keep me from losing my money, but I still set up a trust where you're going to be able to withdraw praise. You're going to be able to withdraw worship from me, even though there are some things that you did not do for me that I asked you to do. Yet will I trust in him. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Pastor Hammond, I want you to tell people, I want you to look right in that camera, and I want you to prophesy and tell people the ability of God to turn a thing. The ability of God to turn a thing is understanding just like Job, Job lost it all. But one thing you got to understand, just like in the natural, when we lose our senses, there's five senses. Job understood in the spiritual realm, there's also five elements of currency of life. One of the elements of currency is time, there's money, there's health, there's knowledge, and you said it, Pastor, there's trust. Job lost it all, but the one thing that uh, you got to be reminded that when you lose senses, there's something that's on the inside of you where the other senses that you still have kick in even stronger. Job lost his money. He lost his children. But one of the things that was so strong in Job's life was his trust. And his trust was so strong that he allowed the power of God to reveal to him that yet you slay me. Slay is a big word, Pastor. Big word. Yet you slay me, yet will I trust you. That word trust restored Job back to what he uh, originally had and even greater. And Pastor Ramah, 
he says, he says that God turned it. God turned it, but let's go a little further. After God turns it, mm-hmm. he turns to God in praise. After he turns to God in praise, the Bible says, Then came unto him the brothers and the sisters, and all that had been of his acquaintances before, and did eat bread with him in the house. So God turns the situation. Job turns to God. And then God turns all of the people back to him that had turned away from him in his struggle. Do you see that surviving is the best defense? Now, you ain't got to tell nobody what happened and what, all you got to do is survive. Survive it. Just make it. Just overcome it. It is the best revenge that you could ever have against the enemy is to survive, not to flaunt, not to brag, but just to survive. And the Bible says that they came and they bemoaned him and, com- and, and, and they comforted him over all the evil. That the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money. Yes, sir. And every one an airing of gold. It seems like to me that suffering is a great job. It is. Either you can go to work and get paid. It pay Or you can suffer and have people bring you money. Yes, sir. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give? Yes, Listen, yes, you ought to just touch somebody and say, struggle pays. Struggle pays. Struggle pays, Raymond. Struggle pays. Struggle pay. But, but listen, Rev, it's something in there that, that, that we got to pull out of there. Because before he turns it, Job intercedes. Mm. He prays for those who had uh, um, uh, convicted him yes. of sin. Wow. All the friends, Elihu, Eliphaz. They say come, your words, they come Say your her, words. They come through there. And, 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 and they say, hey, Job, I know you ain't going through this without no sin. That, that the reason you down here, look at all the stuff you lost. I know, I know you did something. And Job had to remain through all of that accusation. And then the Bible says he prays for them. Yes. Because the Lord comes down and he, the Lord is about to do something to those friends. But because he intercedes... Now, the story, the, 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 the story behind that right there, this is the powerful point for me. While I'm being accused, are you able to intercede for someone else that has pointed their finger at you? Good God Almighty. See, that's, that's for me because I don't know how, if I would have been like Job, Bremer. I don't know if I've been able to pray for the Lord. They, listen, they've been accusing me. It's time for them to go. But, 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 but because Job was an upright man, he intercedes and prays for them. Because God says, I don't like the way I've been talking about my boy Job. I'm about to do something to y'all. But since he prayed for you, go back, give an offering, and I'll bless you. Job prays. They receive some covering because of a man who intercedes for them who had nothing. How many of us can intercede for someone else? Because this, is, this isn't really about Job being restored as much as it is about him giving himself for someone else. Pastor Torrance, you bring wow. up a great point of intercession. A lot of times people think intercession is putting yourself in someone else's stead. Yeah. But really, inter- true intercession is putting uh, yourself in God's position about that person. Ooh. How does God see that person? That's because good. if I want to intercede because of what you're going through, I'm not going to intercede. I'm going to have sympathy toward what you're going through. Talk, but man. if I put myself in God's stead, how does God see what you're going through? I've got to understand that 
you may be afflicted with pain. You may be afflicted with financial Talk issues. Less. But God says you're going to be the lender and not the borrower. You're not going to be borrower. above and not beneath. So I've got to take my intercession out of the flesh and get in the realm of the spirit yes, to act like God on your behalf. I, I so, think right now we need to, and I'm going to let you go, Pastor Rama. but I think that while we're just up here talking, if 500 people would do what you all just said, they would be free indeed. I'm talking to the single mother who actually has a right not to be able to stand your child's father, but because you interceded for him (laughs) after he abandoned you, you can get the Job blessing. Because the Bible says of Job, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job. Yes, sir. Interceding. Yes, sir. Make sure that you enter correctly for the latter. Because the end is coming. If you can intercede, you can enter Talk, man. properly. Job gets into the end and finds out that everything he had in the beginning was doubled. Yes, not sir. after struggle, no, but after intercession. After intercession. Not, not after crying, but after intercession. Not after scraping his skin with broken shards of clay, but after intercession. Intercession. And could it be that the biggest gap between you and your miracle is your inability to intercede? Talk, Reverend. Talk. When you've been afflicted. Go ahead, Raymond. I want to give God some credit. Because I don't know that Job would have done this without God instructing the friends to put Job in that position. And Pastor, what you said is apt because till he got in that position, he was not ready to take possession. And we have to get into that position. Stop. Hold up. Rewind. There it is. Because you position and possession. Please. Please. Continue. Continue. No, no, don't go on there. (laughs) Position. What what is the magic between position and possession? And possession. Because God knew that there was nothing he could do. Job did not pray to God to change his situation. No. Job, Job, Job had to put himself in a position to change his situation. And a lot of us have been praying. And I want to say this. Pastor, you said something about a single mom. And I know you were speaking to somebody. Yeah. Because the Spirit of God just told me, whoever you cannot pray for because of hurt or bitterness has made you a prey. And a lot of people are praised because they have taken, because it's heavy to carry hurt and pain and all of that. Pastor just talked about you cannot carry your past and your future. It, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So God says the only way I can sort out the situation, Job, is not by you praying. It's by you being in a position of intercession where you're not praying for yourself. Because right now the church has turned prayer into a selfish tool. Yes, sir. That's because, it. because we pray for yeah. God to do things for, for us. us. Yes, Meanwhile, sir. God is praying for, for, for him to do things for us. Yes, sir. So, so prayer is not supposed to be selfishness because that's where prayer changes you not my will but your will be done and now prayer has become a tool of selfishness god says no 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 don't pray for yourself and and, and isn't it amazing pastor that all through the book of job we see conversations yes sir we do how do you feel when you hear the voice of god but you don't experience the power of god 
I just got goosebumps because oh. all through that verse, God would talk for a whole chapter and do nothing. Reverend, he said that. Why would, why would God talk for a whole? God, stop Woo. talking and heal the boil. Stop talking and restore me. Stop talking and revive me. But you keep talking for a whole chapter because it's not about the results, it's about the relationship. Reverend, you own it. He own it. Because in that same text, the scripture says, I have been hearing you by ear, but now I see you with the eye. Yes, sir. He's saying, I've been hearing your voice. I haven't seen you, but now I see the power that you possess. I have been hearing you, but now I see you. But look at the, the distance between that. How long do I have to wait, Rima? That I've been hearing his voice, but I don't see his glory. Maybe, maybe that's why he survived it. If I can just hear your voice, I know I'm in God's perfect will. <laughs> if I can just, sometimes I don't need to see your power. Yeah. And let's be truthful because sometimes God says, I cannot, I'm not going to get you out of it. I'm going to get you through it. Yeah. That's fine, Lord. Can I hear your voice through it? That's it. Can you be in the fire with me? Yes, can sir. you be in the lion's den with me? I, yes, I can go there if you're there. And yes, that's sir. why the Bible says, what, what can separate us from the love of so God? He's a very present help in mm. trouble. So God, I'm going to go through it if you can go through it with, with me, me. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. So I, I, I just don't know. God, you want to show your power in one verse? But you want to show me, you want, to, you want me to hear your voice for 42, 42 chapters? chapters. It's, it's because <laughs> all divine intervention. Yeah. Requires human responsibility. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Lord, I'm blind. Okay, well then you go, you go, and dip in the pool. Yes, sir. And wash your eyes seven times. Lord, I, I I would love to be able to stretch. I would love to be able to pick my daughter up, but one of my hands is atrophied. The other one works. Okay, well then if you want it to work, stretch. Forth your hand. Lord, I'm at the wedding feast of Cana of Galilee, and you know what? I've got this group here, and it's been a heck of a wedding, but I'm here to tell you everybody drunk all of the wine. Can you please turn water to wine? My hour has not yet come. Do whatever he says. Go get the water pots and bring them unto me. Do you see that before God releases power, man always has to do something. He always has to do something. And the problem is, is we're always trying to figure out what God is going to do next instead of listening to what he already said. If you hear what he said, you already know what he's going to do. He says it is his pleasure that we would enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. He's already said that we are the lender and not the bar. He's already said with the head and not the tail. He's already said that by his stripes we are healed. So all of that has been said. There is no confusion about what was going to happen to Job because it had already been said through the voice of Isaiah and the prophets what he would do and who he would be. So the problem then with the lack of experience with miracles in the earth realm is because we are always looking for God to do. The doing is our job. The listening is our job. When we hear what the spirit has to say, then we have to do something. I am convinced that Job survived what he survived. Not because he was perfect, because he was upright. But he did say some stuff along the road that showed that he was a human. He was a human. He did some stuff along the road. His marriage obviously wasn't perfect. His children are now dead. But I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that Job's saving grace is that he never stopped hearing God. He never stopped hearing God. And as simple as that is, it is the reason why we're talking about Job the way we're talking about him now. The only reason why we're talking about Abraham today is because when God said, go up the mountain, he heard him. 
The Bible is full of people who are heroes and sheroes because they heard him. Ruth, go sit at the feet of Boaz. Yes, sir. Just, just go. Even though your mother-in-law is telling you or your sister-in-law is telling you, let's move and let's go on. I'm going back where I came from. I hear the voice of God. I'm going over here and I'm going to sit in this field. And, 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 I'm going to, and I'm going to wait on him to wake up. It's about hearing what the Spirit has to say to the church. Book of Revelations. And I'll let you go, Pastor Hammond. The Bible says, first the Lord said unto the angel of the church and then to the people. He spoke to the man of God. Then the man of God spoke to the people and they had to hear him. We want to see a miracle, but I subscribe that you can hear one. <laughs> Pastor Hammers. Pastor, you, you talked about hearing, and I, I think about even in hearing, we always, I think one of the mysteries of life is wanting to know how God is going to answer our prayer, when the reality is understanding that when God answers our prayers, it's a, it's a, it's a resolve that he, we are part of the answer. Hmm. So, so we want to know what the answer is going to be, but you are a part of the answer. So when God manifests himself in the way of your deliverance or your redemption, that's living proof that he, he has involved you in your change and your deliverance. And so the answer is me expecting God to hear me. Yes. Yeah. But prayer yeah. is expecting God to hear me. Yeah. So if I can pray to God and expect an answer then I have to also be willing to listen to God for instruction. Yes, yes sir. Yes. Pick up your bed. Yes, sir. And walk. And walk. Yes, sir. Lord, I had nobody yes. to put me in the pool. Have you been listening? <laughs> have you been listening? Nope. I've been seeing every year. I've been looking over here and this water gets troubled. One person gets in and that yeah, person yeah. gets healed. And because I, I see something that is not beneficial to, to, my, to me getting yeah. healed because I'm not even next in line. There's so many people who are in front of me waiting to get into that water. I can't get there. But he's not listening. He's looking for a miracle, but he's not listening for a miracle. Pastor, I want to just you, 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 you teach us that you, you have to see yourself in the text. While you were talking about listening, I, it dawned on me that Job never, they never told Job what God said. In other words, they didn't tell Job, God told you to pray for us. So both parties were listening. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can understand Job listening to God. But what I don't understand is how I am one of those friends. And he can still speak to me. And I can still hear him. So I just want to stop and thank God that even when I was saying things too wonderful for my mouth, (laughs) even when I was not the best friend, even when I was speaking against him and not representing him well, because they thought they were doing him justice by telling him there's something wrong with you without knowing there was something right with him. In spite of all of that, that God can still speak to me. Paul on the road to Damascus, that God can still speak to me. I just want to thank God for grace that can suspend the rules and suspend all of that and say, I know you're not upright. I know you're not doing things right. I know you're not, I I understand all of that, but I can still speak to you and you can still hear. I'm going to say this, Pastor, because I was, there was a point in my life where it was difficult for me to hear God. Hmm. What broke this whole thing about hearing God was, Stephanie told me a story, and, and the, but the, the, the whole summary of the story is basically that if I was going to speak to my, 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 my baby, Abigail or Annabelle, Abigail can hear what I'm saying. 
And Stephanie said, whose responsibility is it for Annabelle to make sure she hears? Annabelle or daddy? Hmm. I said, daddy. He said, when you cannot hear what God is saying, God takes it upon himself mm. to make sure you hear. If he has to speak, he will speak. If mm. he has to carry you, he carries you. Then I felt a release. I was no longer struggling to hear God's voice because I know just in case I can't hear God's voice, guess what? For his name's sake, yeah. he will make sure I hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. The Bible yeah. says in verse 4, Hear, I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee. You're, you're, you're exegeting the text in your testimony. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto... If you can't hear me, I will demand you to hear me. I will, I will do whatever I need to do to make sure you hear my voice. Verse 5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. I'll finish by saying this. Most struggle is a result of hearing of God. And not from God. And this is what Job says. By now, my ear seeth thee. By now, my ear seeth thee. And he repented in the dust and in the ashes. Lord, have mercy. Start seeing with what you're hearing. My Ooh. ear. See, the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've just watched us for the last 40 minutes. But how much did you hear? Some of you all were looking at the comments, trying to figure out what other people were saying. And that's good. That's good. Thank you for that. But how much? Did you hear? And I'm not talking about listening because you can listen to a thing without digesting what you heard. You, you have to hear what the Spirit is saying. How much did you hear? And are you willing to listen to this again to increase the amount of what you heard? I remember prior to these days where everybody had flat screens, my grandfather, 40 years ago, even though he had a television, he used to listen to the radio a lot. There was something about hearing words without seeing a picture because your picture, your eyes will paint a picture that will confuse your ears. I am a person, and you can laugh at me and say I'm old and I'm going to pray for you, but I'm a person <laughs> that whenever I'm looking for an address... Whenever I'm parallel parking, I have to turn the radio down because somehow my ears and my eyes have a strange relationship. And sometimes you have to turn one off when you're using the other because when the ears and the eyes begin to compete, you'll either come away saying the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing. But Job says... I found a way to get my ear and my mouth on the same station. I said what I heard and I heard what I said. And I want you to make sure that you're listening properly in this next season of your life. The next argument you get in, 
Don't worry about how loud they were and the body language. And don't let the conversation be sidetracked because somebody stood up. Just listen to what is being said. And I promise you that what you hear is vastly different than what you saw. Job saw all of his stuff leaving. But if he had heard what God said, and he did, he said, Job, don't worry about it. I'm going to give you back twice. That's hearing. I see all of this stuff leaving, but what he said, what he heard, I'm going to give it back twice. And I want you to ignore what you see right now. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord. God's going to double what you've lost. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, bless my brothers, sisters, sons and daughters all over the world who are right now in a Job-like situation. Bring them out the same way you brought Job out. Bring them out on eagle's wings. Bring them out with fervor and enthusiasm and love and kindness. And don't let them be bitter because it got bad. Let them be stronger and wiser and better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm telling you right now, I want you to sow a seed at that moment. I want you to get ready to give because giving is essential to deliverance. The Bible says as long as the earth shall remain seed time and harvest shall not fail. I want you to sow into this moment. We're not going to break. We're not going to come back. We're not going to do it later. We're going to do it right now. The ground is troubled, and I want you to make sure that you get your seed deep enough because the deeper your seed gets, the better your root system will be. I want you to make sure that you sow on behalf of your child, your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle. There's somebody in your life who's going through Job's life right now. I want you to sow. It could be you. I want you to watch this. Listen. I want you to intercede. Don't miss what I just said. I want you to E-N-T-E-R-S-E-E-D. I want you to intercede right now. I want you to enter a seed into this moment and make sure that this seed breaks every stronghold. That it would break every spell and every curse over your life. And that it would make every witch and warlock understand that you are too anointed to be attacked. I pray that God's peace and portion would be your portion. I speak it right now. It is the will of God for your life. If you're going to give by way of text, if you're going to give by way of online, if you're going to give through our app, God bless you to all of our Lighthouse 2.0 members. You're giving by way of Givelify. Whichever way you do it, God ain't sleep, nor does he slumber. I decree and declare a multiplication of resources coming in your direction. In Jesus' name, I pray. Hallelujah and amen. This is another Tackle the Text, and I just believe that God did something in your life. I heard, I hope you heard what we just said. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Wow, what an amazing message. If you was blessed by that message like I was, and you haven't had an opportunity to give, you want to give it an opportunity right now. And we're going to put the instructions right below. Also, if you want to join this Lighthouse family because you love what we're doing, we're going to put those instructions down below as well. Lastly, here at Lighthouse, we believe in discipleship. And we believe that if you confess with your mouth and believe your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you shall be saved. Go ahead. Come on and pray with me. Heavenly Father, you're great. You're amazing. You're holy. And you're worthy. God, we just thank you for the opportunity they got to see this great message. We ask that you allow a God to sink in our heart and bring forth fruit. God, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, we love you and there's nothing that you can do about it. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's PK here. And listen, I want to tell you that I get so many DMs, so many messages of people saying, Pastor, how can I connect with you? I love your messages, but going through YouTube is kind of difficult. Where can I come to a centralized place? We heard you. 
And that's why we created Lighthouse 2.0. Lighthouse 2.0 is our tribe. It's our village. It's the place where all of the people who say, I want PK to be my online pastor. And PK says, I want you to be my online member. This is the place where we go, the watering hole, the ecosystem, where we all come to grow together. And it is exclusively for you. They're getting ready to put a link up on the screen right now that shows you how you make that exclusive step. And everybody can't get in. So you better take first mover's advantage and get in while you can fit in. I can't wait to see you inside of 2.0. May God bless you. And let's do this thing for Christ.